Hey, this is Robert Mason, the Ringer NFL Show. Even though the Super Bowl is over, free agency, the combine, and the draft are all right around the corner, and the Ringer NFL Show will have you covered, bringing everything you need to know. You can subscribe to the Ringer NFL Show at iTunes.com slash The Ringer or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Ringer NBA Show. I'm Chris Vernon. Join me today from the Phoenix Suns is Jared Dudley. Thanks for coming on, man. It's my first time on the Ringer. Is it really? It is. You have time. not been on the Ringer before? I have not been on the Ringer. Oh, well, this is so great. I'm yes. so excited. All right, so now you're in Phoenix. I guess first things first, this season so far for you, this is a little different. You sign here in the offseason, four cities in four years now, but... I saw the Players' Tribune article you wrote when you were yeah. coming back. So you were going to come back home. Has it been what you expected? Um, yes and no. Uh, I knew we would uh, you know, we struggle a little bit just being on a young team. Um, I knew that um, they needed my veteran leadership. Uh, you know, but overall, you know, it's been a while since, for me, been on a team that struggled like this. In a sense, even though I played for D.C., Wizards, missed the playoffs by one game. Milwaukee, we made the playoffs. Clippers made the playoffs. So last time was obviously with Phoenix before I left. And before I left, you know, I'm 26 in your prime. So it's different now at 31. Um, but no, it, it's been it's been great. Um, but overall, I went a month not playing, getting DMPs, trying to still be a veteran leadership. So it's, it's different just because it's never happened. So I'm not going to say it's bad, but it's been a little roller coaster in this last month or so. How hard is that? You know, you're going to be the veteran leader mm-hmm. and you're going to try to show young guys the way and then you're not playing. That's That's been tough. That has been tough just because, you know what, I, I've always been a guy where you get what you deserve in a sense of your production. And I was playing well. And I understood we were struggling. We got the fourth pick and the eighth pick. Understandable. They got to get reps in time. Um, but as a player, you still have that fire. It's not like I'm 36 or 35. I'm on my last year. Okay, I understand. You know, clap it up, wear the suit. For me, it was more, hey, I can help them by playing with them. I can help them in practice. And um, I can understand maybe a couple games here and there. I just thought it was a little too abrupt at that time. But overall, you know, and that's what the young generation understands. Hey, it's the business. And for me, it's how you conduct yourself during these bad times sets you up for later gigs in life. So me being professional, helping the guy, these guys out even more, that that's a true veteran and, to, and, and a true leader on this team. I've heard you say that because everybody's watching. Yes. When do you start to understand that in the NBA, that everybody's paying attention to the way you're reacting to your current situation? You know what? That's a great question. When you when when I went to the freeze and uh, signing uh and I was basically, uh, what's his name? Uh, the coach from the uh, from Utah, um, Snyder. Is that his name? Yeah, Quinn yeah, Snyder. Yeah, Quinn Snyder. So he entered, he uh, came into my house first night, twelve o'clock at night. He's talking to you, talking to me. He's like, "Hey, what happened to you?" And with this instance with this coach, you know, you, you did you, you said a comment after the game about this. So these GMs, coaches, scouts, they remember everything you do through good times, through bad, and when you're not a star. They don't want those knuckleheads. They don't want person people to be a distraction. They want even if you even if a guy's better than you, they don't care because they know that hey, they can find someone similar to you who maybe not be as talented, but you know what? It's not gonna cause a problem. And 
I, I figured that out when I left and went to Milwaukee and I was a good vet. They wanted me to be around. Uh, and I, I and because I was such a good veteran presence on that team, only 29 turning 30, oh, the second oldest player, that helped me come back to Phoenix. That was a young, yeah, that was Giannis before he was an all-star. Jabari, right. his rookie year, they were the worst team in the NBA year before he made the playoffs. So then now Phoenix says, hey, you've done it before. You've been a son. We want you back. Right. So they're watching. And, and so it took me by my fifth year. Well, hey, man, if you want to play a long time, here's these Iversons who could have played. But, hey, if, if, you're, if you're not that right locker room guy, you will be out. Fast. All right. So when you first come into the league, you get drafted by Charlotte and you get traded, not – so long after second year right so you're there and a lot of young guys are actually going to be going through this you know coming up on the trade deadline not that far away what is that like to be drafted by a team clearly wanted by a team yeah and then before you can even finish your second year at that franchise you're moving on uh, it, it's very difficult for me. Um, sometimes not like that. I was going from a, a Charlotte, obviously a new organization. Michael Jordan just took over as owner to the Phoenix Suns, where you have Shaq, Nash, and Amari. Where to me, it's like, hey, at that time, everybody wanted to play with Steve Nash. So the excitement level for me was like, hey, how can I get on the floor to play with this guy? Because for one, he gets everyone paid. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Bill, Bill will tell you about that. And also. They were winners. They were winning. They were on TV every night. So for me, was find your niche. And literally, I get I get drafted in December. We fire our coach a month later. So now you have this three, is Terry Porter. Terry Porter. So we I'm going through three coaches in three months. I'm like, wow, welcome, you know, welcome. And I just see how they're being played with Nash. I'm saying, hey, this whole summer, the only thing I'm doing is shooting threes. That's all I did that whole summer. Threes, threes, threes. And I came back with Nash shot over 40%. I went from a 19% in Charlotte to 40 within eight months. How do you do that? Is it as simple as repetition? Yeah, because, you know, I, I was a pretty good shooter before. Right. I just had to get used from the college to the NBA line. So for me was, yeah, it, it's, it's repetition. But I went out to uh, uh, Impact with Joe Bunasar in Vegas. And you practice, but now you play games with NBA refs and NBA players. So the reps you have, Chauncey Billups is sh- doing you the show. So he does a pick and roll with Jermaine O'Neal. Those are two all-stars. Now they help. I'm open game shots, game reps. So it's as simple as that, but you can't just go in the gym by yourself and shoot and expect, okay, hey, now you get in front of 20,000 and someone's 6'10 closing out. You have to then go against live competition. Did anybody tell you this is going to be this is going to be the way, this is how you're going to get on the court. You've got to become a three-point shooter. I remember the coach, He where is he at now? He was in Cleveland before his assistant coach. I think he's in Denver. I forget his name. He told me, hey, Jared, if you want to make a lot of money in this league, you, gotta be able, you have to become a three-point shooter. And I remember that. But then going to Phoenix, it just like exploded right in front of you where, hey, you can't play. I mean, hey, you got Amari and Steve pick and roll. How are you going to play? For me, I'm not going to get layups. I'm not Sean Marion. It's the three-point. And uh, Nash just told me, you know, keep working on it. And that summer, I'm telling you, my arms might have fell off as much as threes I shot. And literally, I was getting wide open shots. And that's where I then, my third year, found my niche. Defensive, rugged guy, could shoot threes. You can play 12 to 14 years now. You knew that that was your niche. I knew it was my niche because I'm not athletic. I'm smart, cerebral. And then now you add a jump shot to space the floor. That means now, hey, we need him his IQ and his shooting out there at all times. Right. Yeah. Okay, so now you're in Phoenix. Do you think at that point, do you think you savored 2010 
Or do you think at the moment you're still young and think this is just what the NBA is like? I mean, you're getting to play, what, 16 playoff games, right? In that, you know, pretty early in your career. I, I didn't think it was going to be over that fast. Like, I'm thinking, like, we were so tight. And I know, like I told you, I've been on these teams. I've never been on a team more tighter than that. We hung out. We partied together. We ate dinner together. We watched movies together on our road trips. And literally, it's t- it's the series is 2-2 versus L.A. It took a Kobe air ball, Ron Artest layup to go 3-2 and take a commanding lead of the series where I'm thinking, hey, Boston was in the finals. We beat Boston by 20 both games home and away. I'm thinking, we have a champ- chance to win a championship. And then rebuild in literally one season. Mari gone. Uh, we bring in Turkoglu. We trade Barbosa. We get rid of Goron. I'm like, wow. And then you went from that to the lottery. How did you not resent the Suns after that? Well, it, overall, it was a business decision that Sarver made because obviously Amari with his knee and stuff like that. We were right. all disappointed. We wanted to go after a year. The resentment was, it wasn't like that. It was like, wow, I wish we'd had another year. Because at the same time, Nash then, you know, was still there. Yeah. I signed an extension, my first payday. I'm excited about that. And then you're thinking like, man, you know what? Okay, we add a couple pieces. With Nash, I mean, we they lost to Mari, had Boris Diaw, went to the Western Conference Finals. So I'm thinking, all right, we're not as good, but maybe we can somehow, we still have Channing Fry, we can be a playoff team, and then you compete. Yeah. But it wasn't like that. Everyone got a year older, the system how it was, and then it went from, you know, year after that, we fire Alvin. Right. And when we bring in Lindsey Hunter, <laughs> if I if you say that three times fast, I don't know what happened to you. We bring him in and the coach. So it went from that to to the real politics where now you're playing p- picks just to play picks. And that's when you really in the NBA like, hey, man, you kind of grew up like, well, you're not playing the best guys anymore. Did you have any idea how unique it was when you talk about that was the closest team? Because you've been on a lot of teams since then. At that time, I didn't. No, I, I you just thought team. this is what it's like on winning teams. On winning teams, I thought that. Because Charlotte, I remember Mecca Okafor told me, hey, this isn't the NBA. Like I got to this is not how the NBA is supposed to be run. Really? Yeah, it was the first thing he said. And well, then How I got, did he know? I, right. You, 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 you would think that. But overall, <laughs> right? you know you know what it is? Because here, it's a, funny, it's a funny thing. I talked to Tyson Chandler. He tells me how Dallas is run. So, uh, Ronnie Price tells me how Oklahoma City. People know the good organizations from other. They know who's willing to spend money, who has the chefs, who's taking you first class. I mean, I, mean, I don't mean by first class flight. I mean first class of every way, how they treat players, how they do it. You know in this NBA. And that's why, because players talk. Right. Right. Okay, so now you're moving on and when you go after Phoenix, you end up with the Clippers. And I've heard you yeah. t- I've heard you talk about this before. Right. This is like a disaster. It, it, I you know, it, it's weird how, you know, for me, you know, how God works in mysterious ways and saying I'm from San Diego, it used to be San Diego Clippers. You couldn't have if you'd have asked me what team I want to be traded to, it would have been the Clippers. Perfect situation coming and starting at the small forward. Playing it with Paul. It's not Chris unlike Paul, playing with Nash. For sure. I mean, he, he uh, Chris Paul was a better scorer than I thought. Wasn't as good as passer as I thought he was. He still, I mean, give you 10 assists. One of the best competitors I've ever played. But overall, you get spoiled playing with Nash. That right. ball's there, left hand, right hand, underhand. You know, so you get spoiled with that. But you think he's the greatest. I think overall Nash. when it comes, yeah. When, like when, in terms of playing with. Playing with by far. I mean, overall, he, I mean, his unselfishness. And he was our best scorer. Yeah. He was he was Steph Curry before Steph Curry was at the range. Right. I know how he did, you know, the 50, 40, 90. Um, but overall, it was weird with the clip. It's just the vibe. It's like going to a work. You work for Google. 
you know, it's one of the top organ, you know, it's one of the top companies. But overall, it's just it's something, it's something different about what's this all, team. What's all? What's all? I, I just think personalities. I yeah. think personally, I think personalities. I think people not clicking. Uh, people, you know, where they are in the career. You're in LA. You can't tell me that Hollywood effect doesn't doesn't hurt. You can't tell me that overall. You know, if, if, if nothing wrong, I've been on good teams. When I, hey, I had Nash, Amari, Shaq. I mean, when I when I went to when I went to L.A., everyone had a stylist. But do you have to be boys to be great? Because when you say that, people right. are immediately going to hear that and they're going to go, "Ah, oh, that's because probably Paul and Blake and DeAndre they don't they don't all hang. They ain't all buddy buddies off the court, right? They're they're coworkers, right? As it were, right? But it's not the same. You can even see it. And clearly, in retrospect, I think people look at Durant and Westbrook and they say that now, like, ah, oh, they did the press conferences, and everything together. But if they were really that yeah. tight. I- Right, like I, I, you know, when you talk yeah. about your Phoenix teams, right, it feels like if if Amari and and Nash and all them walked in the room right now, everybody give each other hugs, and you guys would be talking about old times and right, friends, well, friends. Well, I, There's I a would, difference between do you have to be friends, friends with the guys? No, you don't. Like hey, Amari and Steve, they weren't best friends, right? They didn't hang out all the time. Don't get don't get it twisted. But I mean, there's times dinners we we go to dinners together. I can't remember one team dinner the whole team went to, and I was in L.A. Really, I, I can't remember that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, you know, I, I can't. Maybe they didn't invite you. Yeah, 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 right. No, different times. There was times, you know, three or four go to dinner. They wouldn't invite. Oh. That was just their click. Oh, gotcha. you know, and, and and every team has clicks. So take it for granted for that. But overall, I'm telling you, it's just a vibe. Like Nash, when he was here, you remember the high five things? He'd give you a thousand high five. The positive energy was crazy. And overall, there was a lot of negative energy of. We can work together, but how do we treat each other at work? Mm-hmm. Now I could tell you you're messing up, but a certain way. You know, certain period, I could cuss at you, right. or I could, you know, be respectful. And hey, man, I'm not the only one that said this, and I, I don't want to beat it over the head. It, it, it's happened, and I thought going to LA was the best thing for my career. Ended up being one of the worst, and I thought I traded, getting traded to Milwaukee was going to be the worst thing. It was the best. Okay, but one <laughs> one of the things about the LA mm-hmm. is the treatment of your injury, which mm-hmm. I saw you even reference on Twitter the other day. Yeah. and I suppose the Clippers have had a come to Jesus about this, how well, far they were behind in injury prevention, let's say. Yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, over here, it's mandatory. In Phoenix? Phoenix is mandatory. You, you you don't even have an option. Hey, I don't want to go to the weight room. I don't want to go on the table. You have, you're forced. It's, it's the culture. And Phoenix has been ahead of the curve for years with Aaron Nelson. Um, and it's not like those trainers are bad in LA. What it was is I never was hurt. I never got hurt, but obviously I never got hurt because I was always doing stuff beforehand to prevent that. And I show up and I pulled my back when I was there in August. All right. I had my back problem. Okay. Fix my back. Everything's getting a little bit better. And now my knee, I can't bend it. And I'm like, what is going on? And I'm trying to figure it out. I'm flying trainers in from here, paying extra money here. And I'm out there really playing on a knee that's like 60%. I'm telling coaches I can't move. I'm telling them, I literally can't, I don't know what's going on. Hey, they're trying different stuff. I, I was doing different stuff and my knee would swell up. I was like, man, like, so at that time, you know, you have your, you have your little meeting with Doc. Hey, Doc, I can't go. He tells me, can you suck it up? Because JJ's hurt. Matt Barnes is hurt. Hey, I'm coming to LA. I got Doc Rivers. Yeah, I got you. I go, I play like shit. Mm-hmm. It happens. Those guys come back. I'm thinking I'm going to get my rest. I don't get my rest. Next thing you know, they bring someone in to replace me, Danny Granger. And to be honest with you, I should have been replaced. I sh- it should have been, I should have shut myself down, got ready, mm-hmm. came back 100%. If I'm healthy there, I don't get traded. 
I know I don't get traded just because of how well. I mean, I think I think I had one of my you would have fit. Yeah, just because I, I had one of my worst shooting performances. I was open too. It wasn't like you know I was like, you know, sometimes you have that tough games. I had a tough games. I was open. I was like, yo, I can't get you know your, your knee for me. I need my balance. I need to get low. I get my shot. You, you, you shoot or shoot through, through your legs. And nobody wants to hear that you're injured. No one's right. That. They just think that you're, you're falling off a cliff. They're thinking like you're not. You're not. You got paid or whatever. Right. But playing I, on this team and you're not as good anymore. For sure. Right, and it's understanding in, in LA. I mean, they're not gonna, you know, take it easy on you. And I, and I didn't want that to be honest with you. But I, overall, when I fail, I like to feel. You know what? It was my fault. Right. I, it was on me. I, 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 I messed up on that. And that time, it was my body. And I wasn't ready for it. And you, and you could see since then what has happened. Milwaukee, <laughs> Wizards. Clippers. I mean, uh, uh, now back to Phoenix. I've shot over 40 every year. Okay, let's walk through Milwaukee. So you go there, you say this is one of the best things that's happened to you. You're one of the veterans on the team. You said you realized what it takes to be a veteran leader. You kind of like just go into that mode. All right, uh, first things first. At what point and when you're on the Bucks, do you realize that Giannis is something extremely special? Um, I think about end of November, I was starting over Giannis. Giannis was my backup. I was starting small forward. I go in to Jason Kidd, tell him, hey, it's time for Giannis to start. Giannis needs to go start because of his athleticism defensively. And for this team to make the playoffs, he has to take the next step. What does Kidd say? Kidd says, hey, that's what you want. Okay. So Kidd is old school and effective. You got to earn it. He wasn't going to give a young guy. Jabari didn't start either. He wasn't just going to put you just because you were the top pick. You got to earn it in practice, earn it. And I respected that. And Giannis wasn't the same player now, but overall we needed him to grow. And at, at, at our time, for us, the backups were the vets. Zaza Pachulia at that time, mm-hmm. myself, Jared Bayless, OJ Mayo. And I'm like, hey, let me play with the vets. Yeah, the young guys go, starts off, use their energy. And it worked. Man, after that, man, we won like nine games in a row. This is in Milwaukee. We're the fifth seed all-star break before you trade Brandon Knight. When did you – did you know Giannis was going to be this good? Yes. This good? This good. You knew, and, you, and he's still probably not there. Not there. I mean, his jump shot hasn't got there yet. Overall, the game's just slowed down. You knew he, you can't stop him when he's in the paint. He's too long. He's too athletic. He can euro. He can dribble. And he, he can see the floor. The only thing you just needed time and reps. Jabari's going to be the same way. Jabari, and you give Jabari another year – He's going to average 23, 24. He's going to be an all-star. I loved him coming out of college, and mm-hmm. obviously that was a killer the first year to first year. blow out the knee. Crazy. And you know what? It's crazy how that works. He blows his knee. I then go the power forward. Oh, that's right. And then You that, end up start playing the four. And that sets me up for D.C., and sets me up of revitalizing my career of being a stretch four who could shoot space to floor. And now I'm back with Phoenix because of that. Right. Because, okay, so the Milwaukee, everything about Milwaukee was a great experience for great you. Great experience. Great experience because when you, when you they used to trade you to Milwaukee to forget about you. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you're in Milwaukee. You're not going to be on no TV games. They were worse than Philly the year before. Think about that. Who Philly was trying to lose. <laughs> Philly was paying people to lose. <laughs> it was crazy how that was. And they were worse than them. They told me the year before they left, they were doing yoga for practices at the end of the season. Oh, they said no. it was done. They said, yeah, man, it was crazy. So I go there. I see what's going on. Jay Kidd's like, no, we're changing the culture. I think we can make the playoffs. Trust me. People are jumping on him right now thinking that they are not they're not living up to expectations being outside the playoffs. Chris Milton's right now. You, you lost a 20-point score. Right. You bring him out. You sign Della Dova. You move Giannis to the point guard. 
So then now you tell me if Chris Milton's not there, they don't have five or six more wins, five or six more wins in the East. You could be from nine to four. Right. So, I mean. Do you think Kid's a good coach? I think Kid's a good coach. Well, and you played for coach. a lot of them. I played for a lot of them, and I played for Larry Brown, Alvin Gentry. I see how how it's all been. The thing about him is he taught those young guys how to become stars. He was on their head. He suspended Giannis. You saw him suspend Jabari. Jabari. He don't play no games. He's gonna you're gonna have to do that. But then after his teaching, watching film with the young fellas, Giannis is, is is a player he is now because Jason Kidd and how he's taught him. Because he well, just, you were there. You right. know. I'm seeing it. Hey, they they have to, they have to do quizzes about history. You think it goes is. different if it, if he's got a different think, coach? Yeah, for sure. With Giannis, for sure. I, I mean, now, now is he still going to be potentially also? Yeah, but overall, like they work with him like no other. I've been on te- I've been on teams to work with like after practice, before practice, film, film on the plane. They're they're breaking it down from like they they see it. Hey, no, we we're running through Giannis. This is this is before. I mean, and, and at the same time. Giannis wasn't our best player when we were at the playoffs. Chris Middleton was. You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't like that. Jabari wasn't even playing. So <clears throat> they always had to work out once Jabari came back. <clears throat> their best two players were non-shooters. Right. And now Chris Middleton needs to be there for the spacing and overall. But if Chris Middleton plays and gets back to somewhat the player they are, they make the playoffs easy. And then you leave Milwaukee after this great experience and last year's Washington. Washington was a great experience. John Hammond looked out for me. He didn't need to trade me. They didn't get anything in return. He did that because of the respect that I gave him when I was there in Milwaukee. He basically threw me a bone. Really? Basically. Did you go to him? I went to him. What did you say? I was trying to get moved because Jabari was coming back. I just had back surgery. I knew Kid was going to put him in. My last year, I opted into my deal. I'm trying to get paid. I'm trying to go to a good situation. Paul Pierce leaves. I'm calling. We're talking to him. Can you make this deal with Wizards? Did the same thing for Zaza. Send him to Dallas. So overall, that organization. Oh, so now they know that you're going to run around. You may even come on a Ringer podcast and say they do right by you in Milwaukee, and that will serve them well going forward. And not even that. Like even I don't even think even they they know my personality. Even if I didn't give them credit, it's just overall. Hey, Jared came here. He was a good vet to our young guys. Jabari's getting ready to take those minutes as as it is. I'm gonna look out for him. Right, he did it. Paul Pierce left. I go into that situation. Everything's everything's good for me in that situation. Playing with John Wall, who's like a Nash with speed, you know his vision. He he wants to pass. He wants to lead the league in assists. Give me the difference between playing with Nash, Paul, and Wall. Uh, Nash, uh, by far, is the most unselfish when it comes to the the pick and roll. He sees the play before it happens better than any other point guard. Um, Chris Paul, when it comes to the scoring, I didn't know he, I didn't know he could shoot that good, and I didn't know he could score that well. And he's the out of all three of them, he has the most uh, hates to lose mentality. Now they all hated to lose, but his whole thing was he he can't hide it. Chris <laughs> Paul can't hide it. He's a competitor. He will will your team to win. Now uh, defensively, he can you can't tell him he can't guard the best guards. Um, and he brought it every night, even when he's getting his ass busted by Steph Curry. He, the next night we played him, he's trying to lock him up. Right. John is probably the most naturally gifted when it comes to just athletic abilities. Fast. He 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 had better vision than Chris Paul. Um, his jump shot improved, and defensively, he when he wanted to turn it on defensively, he was a lockdown defender. 
Now, CP was consistent every single night with that. Nash struggled defensively. But the thing about John is he can make an average player better than any of them because his speed and transition opened it up so much, even more than Steve. Even though Steve might have had a little better vision, he put so much pressure on you. You got you, – you, I'm Look at what 40. he's doing for Porter. I'm shooting 40 on a bad year. I, I was did, th- you know Porter, did you know Porter was capable of what he's pulling off this year? I, I mean, this guy's shooting like yeah. 46% from three. But that's a John Wall effect. And the reason why I say that, I was 46, 45 right. when I was there, and that you're wide open. <laughs> You're literally wide open. That's because if you don't, he, he's taking two or three. And he's going to make Otto Porter a fortune. Max. Seriously. Overall, I mean, nowadays, you don't got to be a max player to get max. Because overall, he, he got Washington hostage. You're going to let him go? Right. Someone else will give you max. So you better match. It's like Bradley Bill. Oh, Bradley Bill doesn't deserve max. It doesn't matter what you deserve. Well, he's having a hell of a year. Right. He's staying healthy. He's got a 40-point. I mean, hell, he had 40 just against the Cavs the other night. And that's why we didn't make the playoffs. The only reason why. Bradley Beal's Because Brad was... Bradley but Beals. how hard is that for you, right? So, like, you say you're in Milwaukee. Now you're going to be this good servant. You're going to yep. be, you know, you're going to uh, help all these young guys. But then it feels like that when you're going to Hammond, you're like, eh, you know what? I, I ain't ready to just be the clapper, okay? Like, I do yeah. still want to play. So, But then you go back to Phoenix, and it's like, all right, I'm ready to be that veteran role model for these guys. Again, it feels like yeah. maybe you were you're in a spot where it's like, you know you're good at helping young guys. For sure. But on the other hand, that does not – you don't want to just be that guy. Well, you want to be a guy that's playing. For sure. And that's why it's, it's a balance of how you had to do it. Um, when I go there, it's naturally for me to help out young guys. It's natural. Even when I am young, I'm, uh, if you ask any of my teammates, one of the most unselfish, I, I'm big on bringing everyone together. We just went to yep. – before I met you, yep. we all went to go to Central Barbecue. The whole team. And I told let's go. The whole the team. Bus, right. So that, that, that's just camaraderie. That's just who I am. But when it came to Milwaukee, we that was the role I needed. For the Clippers, that wasn't my role. Mm-hmm. I was just doing my just, try, just trying to get healthy. I mean, there was no young guys. We had one rookie. We go to Milwaukee. We had we're all mostly middle aged vets. Right. So I mean that uh, for for the Wizards. Yeah. So when I go for that, so overall it's yeah, I knew Jabbar was coming back. They signed Greg Monroe. This is the whole thing. They're they're going for it. Hey, you know what? I think it's best for me to move on to the situation. So overall. That's that's me being a little selfish, right? Right. So I'll, 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 it's my last year. Hey, they're thinking Jared just had back surgery. I don't even know what kind of player he's going to be. So they're probably thinking that too. I'm thinking, hey, I need to get to the. I'm playing with John Wall. Paul Pierce is gone. Oh, I, I can make this work easy, which I did. And that was uh, so. Is that in your mind? I know you say you're being a little selfish, but yeah. are you thinking to yourself as that's going on? I've got to go somewhere if I can get Hammond to trade me. Yes, I got to go somewhere where I can make a contract For out of this. Sure, I know I'm in a contract year. Yes, I'm gonna and the CBA is opening up. For sure. I well, mean, hell, what did it get you? It got well, you thirty million bucks yeah, from Phoenix, yeah, right? And, and, yeah, for sure. And then also, it's I mean, you know, you got one chance at that. One chance. So Wizards was perfect. Wizards was the best of playing with John Wall. So you'll and, always look at that fondly, even though it was not a great season. Yeah, you'll uh, always look at it fondly because I mean, it worked out for your career. I, I, I might owe John Wall Rolex. It's all said and done. I, I still talk to him, Steve Nash. Hey, people don't understand. You never bite the hand that feeds you, and and you never and you know your role. And I know John Wall makes better better, better uh, players, average players better, better players, all stars, all star players. That's just how he is. So for me, it's on that situation. 
we, we should have made the playoffs. We had a, a disappointing year. People people have said they're surprised before the year. I said, that, that's a top five team. I said it on my Twitter before because Bradley Bill's that good. Bradley Bill, in the beginning of the season, last year, he came in the best shape. I thought he was better than John Wall. What? That's when he first came in on training camp. I'm looking at this he guy. He was killing it. He was destroying. He averaged like 25 the first like month of the season before he got hurt. And and John was just trying to get back. He just had like he had some problems. He was coming back. He was trying to get in shape. And then you, John took off December, January. Like, oh, okay. Here's John Wall. And and Brad was hurt. Right. But we but now they're both healthy. Look at him. Is Wall a great teammate? Great teammate. Yes. He he's a good team. He yeah. seems like a super likable guy. Man, he's a. I mean, he, he he's a, you know he's a player. You know, in a way, like he you know he likes to have fun. He hangs out with you guys. He's he's a team guy, cracking jokes. So overall, but the thing about him is his maturity's picked up. Coach seems stressed out as hell last year. Every time I saw you know yeah he he, he got you could tell when it when things weren't going really well for Washington yeah. you would see these post game interviews he'd get to snapping at people for sure. Him. I mean, because you know, a lot of pressure. Pressure. Injuries. I mean, he was out. Out of Porter miss. Gortat miss. Allen Anderson played only ten games of the year. I mean, we had a lot of injuries where you have this guy John trying to carry you on your back, and we're still right there. It took the second last game of the year we lost to Detroit to bump us out. Mm-hmm. That was the second to last game of the year where we had a chance to actually make the eight seed. Man, Bradley Bill plays half the games. We're like a six-five seed. If he plays all the games, you don't know what happens, which has happened this year for them. Do you think you stay in Washington? Uh, probably not, because Brad takes that max. Right. I'm going to the highest bidder. Right. I'm not, you know, <laughs> at that time, and they knew that. They knew that too. And it's no, it's no, it's no like disrespect. But overall, like, I mean, we play this game to obviously win. But overall, the Phoenix money, is the highest bidder. I mean, they were they were close. Them and. Uh, Brooklyn, but at that same time, I don't mind keeping it reasonable where Phoenix is home. Right. I could be with this organization. Even let's just say two years from now, I'm not with Phoenix. I can always come back and work for the Suns. You said Utah was that first meeting. Utah it was just the, the first money wasn't that, or the same. Utah basically said, "Hey, um, we have you and another player. We're looking at uh, no formal offer." That only other player, Joe Johnson. I think they chose right there. They didn't, you know, they got Boris in the trade. They had Trey Lyles. Um, but they were looking for another veteran to help out those young guys, and Joe's been perfect for that. All right, we'll get right back to it. But first, a few words from our sponsors. Today's NBA podcast brought to you by Casper. The Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Supportive memory foam creates an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink, so you get just the right bounce. Time Magazine he named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on it. Free shipping and returns in the United States and Canada. And with over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars, it's quickly becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com slash NBA and using the offer code NBA. Terms and conditions apply. Ringer NBA show also brought to you by Sherry's Berries. Valentine's right around the corner, and there's no one like your Valentine. This year, treat them to something unforgettable that's as unique as they are. Sherry's Berries. Freshly dipped strawberries from Sherry's Berries starting now at $19.99 plus shipping or double the berries for just $10 more. 
go to berries.com and use my code NBA show. Help support our show by supporting our sponsors. Use my code NBA show. A gift from Sherry's Berries shows her you put thought into finding the perfect gift. I got them last week. These are unbelievable. These berries are decadent, fresh, juicy, sweet, shareable, and irresistible. Choose berries dipped in tempting white milk and dark chocolatey goodness topped with chocolate chips decorative swizzles or chopped nuts surprise her at the office or workplace her co-workers are going to be sure to be a little bit jealous and she'll be overjoyed sherry's berries is going to deliver your gift fresh and on time guaranteed or your money back just visit berries.com b-e-r-r-i-e-s.com click on the microphone in the top right hand corner and type in nba show that's berries.com and use my code nba show help support our show by supporting our sponsors use my code nba show Okay, so now you end up with Phoenix, and you've got these young guys on the roster. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want you to tell me, because there's a big article on The Ringer today, in, in which you're quoted okay. uh, a bunch by Kevin O'Connor, um, and it's about like kind of their plan and what they're doing and kind yeah. of being stuck in the middle of, okay, do we flip this? Do we flip young guys for assets, or do we just build around this going forward? But let me, ju- let me just go through the young guys on the team and get yep. your thoughts on them. First, Booker. Booker has the potential to be a top two or three shooting guard in the NBA, where you, obviously you have Harden, Clay, CJ McCullough, Bradley Bill. Those are the top four. You know, maybe I might be missing one in there. Those are the four. DeRozan. DeRozan, for He's sure. Up there. Yes, he is. That's five. Those are yeah. the top five right now. You're right. Definitely with DeRozan. See, the thing about Book is when it comes to offensive uh, scoring ability, he's right there. With probably when it comes to like the, those bottom three guys, obviously Harden's in a different class as is right now. But the thing about Booker is he can score from three levels, and all three of them can't. Like DeRozan's not a three point shooter. Right. Booker can shoot from three. He can post up. He has mid range. Does the pick and roll. Those are three dimensions he has right now. For someone who's not even twenty one, the physical contact he punishes people down that block, which I didn't know he could do. I knew he could shoot. Knew that. His whole thing for him to then become in that group, in that elite class, his defense needs to pick up. And that takes time where knowing the league, knowing coverages, and knowing he's not the most athletic guy like Clay Thompson, playing angles, playing smart. And that's something where you're hoping from year two to year three, that's where usually your defense, your most, you know, your your biggest gain happens. How about the, uh, so you think he can be one of the top five shooting guards for in sure. the NBA? For sure. Like a multiple time all-star? For sure. Um, the other two that have been drafted, because um, they're both, I think, what would be considered projects. Mar- sure. Marquise Chris and yeah. Dragon Bender. Marquise Chris, potential's a limit. And then when I say limit, when people you, when people use the word potential, usually it's because of your height, athleticism, and your, your reach. He's 6'10". Uh, he can move laterally with his feet. 40-inch um, vertical. Um, can sh- Has a nice touch, better touch than I had in my rookie year. When it comes to just shooting, if you look at he's already hit more threes than I've had. He's, it looks good, even though sometimes he, he might not shoot a great percentage. You see that <clears throat> he rolls the basket, he can dunk on you. For him, it's okay learning the game, which are all for young guys. He, I think, led the league in fouls in college. So in this game, you're going to foul even more because these guys are more athletic, they're right. sneaky. So he then has to, from a mental standpoint, like, hey, how do I stay in the game? So for him, that's something that he has to learn because it, it, it was difficult for him in college. So now NBA, where you have more space and these power forwards are animals, trust me, I'm telling you, they're athletic, where defensively he's going to have to live in the film room. 
because for overall, it doesn't come as natural. His natural is, hey, I can wake up, I can do a windmill. That's hard to do. Hard Get him in the film room. Film room. So he has to, like, you know what? Young guys. No. When you're 19, no. 20 years old. But you know what? In Milwaukee, that's it was on that. They were. Yeah, oh, it was forced. Well, that's why you're saying Giannis. Yes. You know, they get a lot of credit for his development. For sure, they should. But that's something that, you know, hey, you know, coaches do watch it with him, but it's something in the summertime. Let me go through my games. How right. good do I want to be? And that, I can't, I don't know that from him. Only he knows inside. It's like book. Like, how, I know book, how he is in the summertime. I don't know what book does in the summertime. Like, hey, it's, yeah, you can be in the court. Everyone works out on the court. Right. Are you going to be crazy? In the morning, you up at five in the morning, six in the morning, are you watching that film? Like, how good do you want to be? So, for him, sky's the limit, but him, it's more mental. He has the physical tools. Yeah. You know, Booker is a little bit different. You know, well, the, well there's yeah. a million guys with the physical tools. For sure. Right? But not with his physical tools, though. There's not a million guys. Not with his. Right. No, no, right. But, it, but it's the difference between, say, oh, I don't know, a guy I covered forever ago, Stromile Swift. For if sure. You put, if you could put Stromile up against any athlete, Ever right, <laughs> right, for but sure. it just never clicked, right? You and, know, on the other side, for sure. And those guys, hey, and because of those skills, you can still be a ten year guy. But do you want to be? A t- do you want to be a, a twelve to fourteen year guy? Couple time All Star. Instead yeah. of making seventy million, you made two hundred fifty million, right? And that's the you have to decide. What about Bender? Bender is mentally is ahead of Chris when it comes to knowing basketball, and that's. And you would suspect that he's been a pro probably since twelve. You know how Europeans are. You know how they are. They go pro, pro at a junior high. So he, he's done that. He sat. He had, he had to sit and watch Maccabi. Right. I mean, Bender's like basically seven foot. You don't know how tall he is until you stand up next to him. Yeah. So Bender, and he's really young too. He's young too. And the question is for him is he has to know what position is he going to play. Is he a stretch four? Or is he a three? We we played in both positions. What do you think? That's a good question. I, I think in today's age, he could be a Tony Ku coach, be a stretch four. I think that depending on his summer, do you work on your ball handling skills? I mean, like he can still improve that. He can be a three because defensively, he's actually ahead of Chris and uh Booker defensively because he's long athletic. He can keep people in front of him. Mm-hmm. And when he jumps, it's hard to shoot over him. He blocks more shots. He changes or alter shots. So he's ahead of that. It's offensively where, hey, don't just put yourself in a box of shooting threes. So much of this stuff that you talk about and when you're talking about the young guys, I, I know there's lessons learned from this long career that you've had and playing with all of these amazing players. What is what is different about the stars and the superstars? Great question. I would say this. Um, so – the superstars that I've played with overall. Like, so John Wall's a star. Yeah. For him to be a superstar, it's something that you have to do all the little things. So I think now, after he's had a couple surgeries, he knows your, you have to carry your body like no other. Like Steve Grant, you know, uh, even CP, just say, you got to take care of your body in a sense of, it's not his fault he's had surgeries, but I'm talking about the weight room has got to be your, your love in a sense of just staying healthy. You don't got to be swole and all that. You know, Steve wasn't, you know, I mean, he was cut up, but he wasn't someone like, he wasn't like Westbrook out there. Right. So that's when it comes to that one. Then you got to think of, hey, what are your flaws? So his is his jump shot. Okay. It was, he's improved it dramatically. Like overall, like you. But if he became a, 38% three-point shooter. What's it? It's I mean, over. He's, it's he's over. like best player in the league stuff. Right. And that's where, okay, so how, how do you improve that? Like, you know, certain things of like, those are the superstars. So yeah. to me, Nash was a superstar because offensively, he had no flaws. He was the best shooter. He had, his layup package was crazy. He had hook shots, floaters around the back, 
threes, free throws. He shot technical fouls. His whole thing was defensively, okay, we have to help him out with that. Very much so with Steph Curry. Do they practice more? When you hear all this whole first guy at the gym, last guy to leave, whatever, have you found that the best players are the hardest working players? Or is that just something we say when it comes to – Right, like, they're yeah, not, of course, they're, of course, they're the best players, but people don't see that they, you know. So we praise, we say, oh, Kobe Bryant's there at five in the morning when other guys aren't there. He's taking shots while other guys are sleeping, or they don't go out and party or do this. You and this definitely and this. have those few that do that. Kevin Durant, the ones that just love basketball so much, for sure, that are definitely everyone works hard. Right. I mean, I shoot my shooting coach in San Diego. He only works out at six in the morning. <laughs> So it's nothing like that. So overall, yeah, okay, you should. It's just six. where you have to be. I, I, I have it sounds to. good to right, say. Sounds, I was up at six in the right. morning. <laughs> he, he, and, hey, I wouldn't want to shoot at six in the morning. I shoot at ten, but he only does it at that time. So that's when I get my reps in with him. Right. Dirk Nowitzki has his guys. So yes, there's guys. Dirk. These people have had. They say LeBron's like that now. Yeah. Overall, yeah, I, I agree with that. But overall, that's when you're younger, and you're yep. trying to become a star. The older you get, it's, it's being smarter with your workouts. Yeah, what what does that mean when Watch you say? Body. Yeah, when you yeah. say taking care of your body, and yeah. that's the thing that John Wall is going to have to right. figure out, like when to go out, when not to go out, when to uh, ice. You see this bag right here. When do you go room? out? Uh, when it, do when do you go out? Uh, you know what? You, you try not to go out before games. A night before a yeah, game is it, a bad idea. That's a bad idea in, in the sense of if you're the the superstar. Right. If you're the guy. Now, obviously, I'm not saying you can never go out. No one's saying that. I'm saying you got you got to pick and choose your spots. We have a recovery bag. There's no other team in the league that has it. It's right there, right there. Inside there, you got the Normatec for your legs. You got a foam roll. You got a Mark Pro, which right there on my desk, that helps out through circulation. You got this is all from Phoenix. All from Phoenix. No other team has that. I'm telling you that right now. I played on five teams. They have a bag that these trainers have to have that you, you think it'd be a suitcase. Every player right? has this in Every their room. Every player has that in their room. Wow. Every- it's like a, for for uh, for people that are listening to this podcast, it's like this huge Adidas bag. Um it appears to be your luggage. I thought it was your luggage. Right. People think it's the luggage. But they, so every player has everyone that. Everyone has it in their room right now. So that's what taking everybody through. Now we have off. Why would everybody not do that? Right. Some people have that. I mean, why people have the old school. You remember people, the, the, the bench press and squats and <laughs> clangs? That's over. No one's doing that no more. Right. So it, it, it's, it's all, you know, everyone's trying to hire people from Australia. Right. That's the big thing was preventative. Yeah, you know your your core, your glutes. How to do? How to stay flexible? How, I mean, that's that's how it all is. So when you do that, where okay, now you're in here getting your massages, taking care of your icing, t- being here enough, I'm um, chilling, getting your rest. Where that's it's longevity. Right. You know, watching what you eat compared to different things. You know, if you're a drinker, when not to drink, when to drink, what kind of drink? I mean, Stephen. I mean, Steve drank beers and wine. But he wasn't doing hard alcohol and shots. You know, he'd have a he have a beer after a game every blue moon. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I kill you, but hey, are you are you are you doing shots of henny <laughs> at two in the morning? You know, like, overall it's just different. You know, right. and those separated. I'm not saying you can never, but you got to pick and choose your spots. But at what point? The first what? How many years of your career are you doing shots of henny at two in the morning? I mean, you can get away with the 21, 22, 23. I mean, by 25, your body starts changing. Right. 27 for sure. I mean, overall, but you, I mean, you look all, look all, what time, when did LeBron win his first ring? I mean, you're not winning for, for, till 25, before 25. Who, who's doing that? I mean, you better have, I mean, Kyrie did it. He had LeBron. Right. Howell's Curry. Durant right. hasn't won it. You know, it, it, it's a reason why young guys don't win. Right. Because they got to go through the process. All right. Let me, let me end this with some rapid fire. Okay. Uh, best teammate you ever had? Nash. 
Easy. The funniest teammate you ever had. Shaq. Hilarious. Every day. Man, Shaq, Shaq, my Shaq, walk around here butt naked, trying to get people all the time. I mean, he, he Shaq did some of his crazy stuff, man. He he buy people suits. He looked out for you. Did he ever buy you anything? He, no, what did Shaq ever get me? He got me something, something like a little, you know, because you know, you know, he think he's an artist, you know, he producer. I think he got me like a little boom, uh, like a little boom box or something, man. He was he was he was he was phenomenal. Guy, you really tried to be friends with, but just it wasn't taking. I try to be friends with who wasn't taking. Let me see who that. That's a good question. On any of the teams that you like, you like tried to be friends, but it just it just didn't work. Wow, he wasn't down with Jared Dudley. Wow, that's a good question because I, I, I I'm usually down with everyone. You know that, that that's the one thing about me is overall. Is there any teammate you've ever really butted heads with? That may be different than the that's guy a, you yeah, tried to yeah, be friends yeah, that, with. That, that, that's a man. I, I I butted heads a little bit with DeAndre on the floor, on the floor, right. off the floor. One of my better teammates I've ever had. DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. I used to call him bipolar. <laughs> I, I, I've said to I've said it to his face. Overall, like overall, that dude is so cool. Off the floor, on the floor, it's just he wants to win so bad. What he says and comes out of his mouth, sometimes you take it the wrong way, but it's for him, it comes in a good place. You kind of kind of know people's backgrounds. You ever get in a scuffle at practice? Uh, at practice? With any player? Uh, I mean, there's practice scuffles all the yeah, time. Yeah, practice right? scuffles, nothing crazy. I mean, I think, I think I got into a scolo one time in practice, but overall, I, I've never, hey, for one, we make too much money to be fighting in practice like that. We ain't doing all that. Coach, you learned the most from? Hmm. Doc Rivers' X and O's were phenomenal. When I learned when I, how he how he drew up plays to get people open, and his communication skills were phenomenal. Um, but overall, when it comes to just teaching and basketball, Larry Brown. Oh yeah, yeah, he was phenomenal. I mean, Larry Brown, you're gonna, a, he's like a clinician. Well, hey, Larry Brown, you're going to be in the gym eight hours a day. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you're going to have arthritis <laughs> in your knees. But overall, knowing the game, no one knew it better than him. Coach, you butted heads with. Lindsey Hunter, uh, but I, if you want to call him a coach, I mean, overall, he was coached for like three months coming up over, overall, I, I mean. It just didn't work. It didn't work just overall. I mean, hey, you got it's got to be a respect factor and how he got the job and how everything went, how it happened and how he took over. It's just, um, I, I usually have no problems with coaches. I just, that rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Most fun place to go out on the road. Wow. I mean, between New York and Miami, if you had to ask me. Over, and then where do we go in Miami? Live on Sundays. You know how that is. Story yep. on Thursday. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. You can, go, you can go in your lobby in Miami. I mean, overall, just, just being out you there. You can go in your lobby. It's so nice. I mean, Miami's a different beast, man. Miami's a different beast. Miami's the best. I mean, I'm That's the road trip you look forward to the most? For sure. For sure, just because overall I don't go there in the summertime like that. I mean, New York is New York, but Miami is just like the weather is warm. Because like you're in Milwaukee, it's negative thirty, and then you're going to eighty humidity. Come on, man! Everyone's nice dress. Yeah, Be- best fake name you've used at a hotel? P Diddy. P Diddy. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of it at the time, but sometimes I've been Jared President. So every time they call me, excuse me, Mr. President, um, can we get you uh, any water? Guy who talked the most trash to you. Maybe CP or Blake. They talked a lot of trash in practice. Them too. 
Yeah, probably had to be the Clippers. They, everyone talked. DeAndre, CP, Blake, Jamal Crawford. Those are the most And this is a practice. Team. Practice, yes, for sure. Those guys. Oh, they just talked the whole time during practice. Well, I mean, Blake didn't talk the whole time. CP, Jamal, and DJ are always talking. But I guarded Blake, so we'd have, you know, we'd all talk trash. By far the most trash talking team in practice. Interesting. Yeah, but it was cool, though. It was a good, it was a good, it was a good trash talking. Do you think they get a bad rap for their relationship with officials? No. I think they get the rap they deserve. It's just, it feels like a culture there. For sure. Doc's freaking out two minutes into the game. You know, you Mm -hmm. saw where he got to get held back in Brooklyn this year. I mean, like, you know, they think the refs are out to get them, and then everybody everybody ends up hating the Clippers because they think they whine and flop. I I would say this. 60% of the time, they're right. They should have got that call. They should have done that. And because of who they are as stars, they might be able to. But if you don't get the call... And then you you think it's exaggerated, and then you mother this the ref. You get yeah. on, they're on your head, and you're on them the whole game. You think they're gonna look out for you, right? Yeah, I can look out for you. I got you. Um, the hardest day in your career? Is it a trade? The hardest day in my career was. Wow, I'd figured either be a trade or a loss. I, I, I want to say the my hardest day in my career is when I. Found out on Twitter I was traded before the Clippers told me. Bullshit. I swear. And, 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 you really found out I on Twitter? Out, I got. I was done playing pickup basketball on the Clippers facility, and I leave the I leave the court to go in the back, take a shower. I'm on my phone. And you know the Wojo bomb and different this ESPN been traded. I'm like, wow. I was like, these guys can't even call, send a text. I'm like, you know what? This probably sums up the Clippers organization right here. I didn't have a good – I had a bad season, this and this, how it is. Just talked to Doc Pye about a couple of weeks ago. Hey, Jared, we think you could be our new freeze and signing because you didn't have a good year. We think you have a bounce-back year. That's what, that's what I'm being said. You're not going to be traded literally about two weeks later. I'm in there. I stayed the whole summer there, want to rehab, workout, get traded. You found out on Twitter. On Twitter. Then, then eventually, about a half an hour later, they call me into the office. I already knew. Man, come on, man. I already, come on. You, to, hey, were you furious? Uh, I would. You know what? Who do you call? Do you call your agent? Do you call your girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely got to call your wife. You definitely got to call your wife. You got your family. And overall, I was sad because as a player, I never had where I failed. Though I thought I failed the organization. Mm-hmm. I felt. I thought I failed the Clippers, even if it was there, even if, even though they had responsibility, I should have been at, at that time in my career, I'm not ready to play. J.J. Redick did it. Matt Barnes did it. Their body wasn't ready to play. I should have done that. You just felt the pressure. I Too felt, much pressure. For sure. And overall, and that's something, a learning mistake that I I have to learn from. Right. Something I did and overall through my career I did. The most ridiculous pur- purchase you've ever seen. NBA players are well known for... <sighs> Buying lavish the things. Most ridiculous. Yeah, what's the most ridiculous thing that you have seen purchased? I mean, we see we see cars all the time. That's I mean, that's just how I add it. I'm trying to think most ridiculous jewelry, furs. Shaq bought that big fur. He had that. That I mean, but you know what? When, you, when you're someone like Shaq, like, can you buy something ridiculous? There is nothing, just, right? I'm trying to. Th- there's man, nothing that's shocking. That nothing that's shocking. Particularly, I mean, overall, I, 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 I think it's just. Can you ever remember a time where a guy bought something? And you're like, what are you Michael, thinking? Michael Beasley had about if you if you talked to him, he had about seven or eight cars, and the, he he matte blacked every car. <laughs> 
they all were the same color. And every time I saw him, so I don't know if there are new cars, this, this. He would get a car, he, he'd buy it, and he put matte black on it. You ask him. And if you, if you ask him to this day, I bet you he still has all those matte black cars, guaranteed. I they just, all look identical? Well, the color. I mean, so you got a Maybach, you got a Bentley, you got a Benz, all matte black. All of them. And if you know matte black, I mean, like, I mean... No one. They're well, it's not value. like he's had a hundred million dollar contract either. Yeah, I mean, I mean overall, you're right. I mean, I, I tell this to people this though too. Overall, you get nine cars. He was the number two pick in the draft. Probably, probably made you know fifteen million off that. Even even nine cars. Let's say they added up to a million dollars. I don't agree with it, but overall, it's not, that should make you broke overall. But it just tells you usually those people they'll get those nine cars. Just buy a lot of stuff to go with you. Besides that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, nine Matt Black cars. Oh man! All right. Uh, well, I suppose you would say uh, Adrian Wojnarowski possibly, but three people on Twitter that I should follow. You're one wow. of the more active social media athletes that there is. Yes. I mean, if you, just, if you just said Instagram, I definitely would have said Gilbert Arenas for sure. Gilbert Arenas is a must-follow. That guy there, he's hilarious. Man, on Twitter, he says he says some highly controversial things too. Oh, Joel Embiid is number one right now. Joel Embiid is number one Twitter guy right he now. He is the best. He's the best. He gets it. He is star. He, he he has a star presence about him, and he's actually funny. People are afraid of showing personality on that. A lot of people say, wow, I can't believe he said that. He's a franchise. He knows he's a franchise, and he's bringing buzz to that city. He's number one for sure. Um, I like CJ McCullough. CJ McCullough got a pretty good Twitter. He definitely he definitely interacts with his stuff. Like went after a, went yes. famously went after Chandler Parsons right. two weeks there ago. There you go. There you go. See, I like that. I like that. I like that where, hey, uh, we live in too much of a politically correct place and i understand yes you can still not be politically correct sit your opinions and be professional that's what i don't understand and you know what we're seeing that from a new lebron yep you see how you know you thought you thought that kobe at the end of the year he's more just secure like you know what i'm the best it's my league i'm gonna start just saying how i feel when you started when you saw that story about him firing off at barkley what'd you think i, I was like i was like he's had enough he's had enough and my whole thing is like this you know overall like it's easier when you're secure. Like, you know, when people have a minimum contract, they're not going to say that. I, I could be on a minimum contract. Most people wouldn't do this interview. Because mm-hmm. you you, you got to tell some stories of, the, if you, of what was bad, what was good, what was this. I'm secure. Right. Overall, you're not scared. I'm not scared. But overall, if I had that, I, I think a lot of these organizations, they respect your professionalism. You, you don't bash everyone. You you understand. In a way, it's, something might have gone wrong, but you could say it in a professional way, but also you're going to get praises too. I don't got to give praises to Phoenix before I left. I did. But overall, I had a bad ending with Lindsey Hunter, but you still, the organization was good. Milwaukee, you got to give it to it how it was. No, the only one you crapped right. on was the Clippers. For sure. <laughs> For sure. And what, I, what if you, I, what if you get traded to the Clippers? Hey, hey, they, they would, <laughs> That'd be a debacle they, after this they, interview. They would deny that trade easily. <laughs> there ain't too many teams I can't, I can't play for. That's one thing you're not worried about is I'm ever not, ending up wearing a Clipper jersey again? No, unless Doc is gone, probably. You know, that's the only way I'd have, I'd have a, a slim chance. But overall, to be honest with you, hey. I got 30 other teams. I'll be, I'll be fine. <laughs> you, think, you think you're going to be fine? I'll be fine. All right, last thing. Uh, yes. Jared Dudley, you you wish if, if I went around the league and I asked other players about you, I don't want to do the remembered as because mm-hmm. obviously you're still a current player, right. but what is the thing you would want other guys to say about you? Well, I mean, want or would. What I want them to say is overall he was a smart basketball player that played the game the right way, was a good teammate, was professional. 
That's what I would want them to say. If you ask most guys, they probably say, hey, Jerry, when it comes down to it, if he's not a GM, a coach, or someone in high in the media organization, something went wrong. Because every time I every team I play for, hey, you're gonna be involved in this. Hey, are you gonna be a GM? Like my son's That's what they want. That's that, that's what they, they they see and how my daily and how I I'm with you. I'm in Memphis right. doing something with the ringer. I might be in, you know, LA doing something with this. Overall, I think about now, I think about the future. What do you want to do? Well, that's a good question. And that's why I do this stuff to yeah. give yourself options. I mean, hey, the coaching money's crazy now in the NBA. You think you could? For sure. You could be a coach. For sure, easy. Easy. Just because overall, knowing my knowledge of the game and relating to young guys, the preparation you have to put in, the politics. Because people understand there's a lot of politics in this game. I know how to kiss the baby. I know how to, uh, you know, mess around and do what you have to do, smile and face, so that. But overall... I like the Chauncey Bills and Jalen Rose gig. What they got going on here? Right. Six months out the year, you got your summers off here and there. You you're working a couple of days a week. You're flying in to maybe Bristol, L.A., Memphis. You know, you you, you do that. So, uh, I think that when that time comes, four, five, six years down the road, and you pick what's best for you and your family. He is Jared Dudley from yes. the Phoenix Suns. Jared, you're the best, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys. Thank you, buddy. Jared Dudley. That's going to do it for another Ringer NBA show. We will talk to you soon. Anytime.